How's it going, podcast listeners? It's another episode of How About This, but first, we have a message from a friend of ours who has a podcast of their own that you should check out. Give a listen. Welcome, fine townsfolk, to the trailer for Random Encounters, the podcast where every Monster Monday we will pull a random monster from a random monster manual. The necromancers flayed the flesh off hill giants, keeping the skins mostly intact. Join us each week as we discuss and dissect each monster, its merits, and its downfalls. Do I see armor class 9? Nine? You have to actively try to not hit that thing. Basically. <laughs> That's Random Encounters every Monday, wherever you find podcasts. Thank you so much, Random Encounters, for that. Please go check them out on the podcatcher of your choice. And it is now time for another episode of How About This? And this one, I promise you, is magical. What's up, Internet? Welcome to another episode of How About This? You know what this show's about. This show's about fantasy pitches. And I'm here with the guardian of the Haunted Mansion, in Momentum Mori, Mr. Jordan Hugh himself. Oh, thank you, sir. I don't know all the Disney stuff you like, but you're the guardian of those things. Oh, well, thank you for that. I, I, I just figured it was the safest bet to go with something haunted because every single yes. episode we've done so far... Yes. Your pitch has somehow involved ghosts. Oh, well, that's very kind of you to say. I thought you were going to say, what is the most depressing thing at Disney? I'm sure Jordan likes that. It was a toss-up between the Haunted Mansion and the river of brown shit that runs through Liberty Square. <laughs> Liberty Square is... Underrated. Underrated, man. Underrated. They, they've, got, they've got turkey legs, and they you do. can see Splash Mountain from there. And you know what? I like the Liberty Tree Tavern. Yes, and arguably the Hall of Presidents is scarier than the Haunted Mansion. Oh, I, th I think so. I, yeah. think some of those I think some of those presidents are some of the most terrifying monsters you might find in Disney World. And also some of the most terrifying men. Oh! Oh, oh yeah. Some of them Sticking are okay. Sticking it to ushistory.gov. <laughs> some of them are okay. And... We have to also introduce today that we have a very special guest on this episode. She may as well be a Disney princess trapped in our realm, and she is sweeter than a Mickey Mouse premium ice cream bar. Oh, good Lord. My favorite wife, Amanda Mack. <laughs> I better be your favorite wife. My only wife. You're so sweet. Look at we'll all see at the nice end. things you're saying about me. I know. Hey, hey, Amanda's a bit of a Disney obsessed expert like Jordan and I are. We all love Disney World to a degree, a very strong degree. And while it might be easy to get upset at the giant media conglomerate that Disney kind of has become, there's still something very magical about going to their parks. So what we figured would be a really good episode idea would be to do a, I'm going to say this is, a, this is an extra magic hour sized episode of How About This, where we give our pitch for any degree or any number of Disney attractions that we've been able to come up with. And I think each of us is going to give you something new, something different, and some way of making the park a little bit more of what we would love to see at the park. Am I right here? Oh, yeah. It's also really hard to record this episode in quarantine where you can like barely go to the store and to think and dream about going to Disney World right now is almost too cruel for words, but we're willing to go there for you folks who are listening. Yes. I've, been, uh, I've been watching so much Disney food blog in preparation for this to try to be like, okay, if I were there now, if I were there now, what would I want to see? Because YouTube is the closest I can get to it right now, but it's, oh, yeah. it's been very helpful. 
been it's been fun. I'm it's getting also pretty close to finding YouTube videos of just other people eating things that I want to eat. Because if I have to eat my own cooking again, I won't survive the rest of quarantine. I'll be gone. They As call- a person who has already been watching videos of people eating things that I would also want to eat, I advise yep. it's not bad. You know, it's like that <laughs> looks great. And it does it does make you a little bit happy to see someone get enjoyment out. It's like, I bet that's great. I'm happy for you enjoying that. And you feel better. <laughs> and you know what? It's nice and it feels like a shared experience. It is. And I just want it a is snack a shared right experience. Now. Me too. Now we're talking about food. We're not you know what? You know what? We're starting with this question. If you could have a Disney snack right now, which one would you have? Since Mike introduced me with it, it's the only thing I can think about right now. It's that classic Mickey's premium ice cream bar. Can't go yeah. wrong. Which you can find in your freezers now. Yeah, you can. Not your own personal bar. freezer in your house unless you bought them, but they uh, they exist out in the wild, not just at Disney parks. Disney's not endorsing this. They did not pay me to say that. I just know you can. Yeah, Disney doesn't support this podcast yet, but they'll buy us at some point. So I just saw a man in a black suit drop off a, a, a metallic case of money. I could see it behind you. Yeah, but that's my that's my billions. That's how I get my billions. I sell my my pod, our podcast to Disney. Did that same man also deliver ice cream bars? No, uh, there's, a, there's a smaller I, sack next to the case. So Jordan, for you, what would what would be the one Disney treat that you would want to eat right now? I'm actually very boring when I go to Disney. Like I don't really get the good stuff. Like I usually get like popcorn because to me. Nothing says special occasion like popcorn. Jesus, I'm boring. Well, you know, sometimes I like to get the character-themed candy apples. I think I would like to have that, especially like a Sorcerer Mickey-themed candy apple is my favorite one. I think I would go with, this is really random, but I would go with this one. And only because I think they're the best of their variety and you can only get them in one spot in Disney World. But if you go to the Germany Pavilion, they have the best pretzels. They're so they're different than the other Disney pretzels, like the D- Disney Mickey Mouse pretzels. But that that big giant Bavarian pretzel with mustard is so good. And almost every time I go and get a pretzel, I pay for it with my card. And every time they look at my card, they look at it and like they get mad at me for not speaking German when they see my name. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah, they're like, "How come you didn't order in German?" I'm like, "I don't know. I don't speak German." Just shout English loud and fast at them. That's how New York works. Yeah. Well, pretzel, with- nah. <laughs> That's it. See, that was German. That was German. So yeah, I would go with the pretzel over at the German Pavilion. Yeah, and that might God. be a little boring, but I think that pretzel's like super good. No, it's so delicious. So those are the treats that we would have right now. I don't think those are necessarily always our favorite treats, but... No, see, I'm thinking about it now because I said the premium ice cream bar is always a classic choice. I'm going to come back at the very end of this and like shout out a different treat in like an hour. I know that. So I can't believe none of us said Dole Whip. There's at least two people listening to this podcast right now. Yes, in total. But I think both of them are probably thinking, how could they have not said Dole Whip? You know, I listened, I watched rather a Disney food blog today that was all about all of the locations where you could get the Dole Whip. And it's not just in that one place in Magic Kingdom that we think anymore. There's like six or seven locations throughout the resorts and possibly more. I don't know exactly because I was doing something else while listening to it, but I know there are an abundance of Dole Whips that are hiding throughout the parks. Amanda, can you... Can you hook me up with any of those secret locations? Is there, I, is there anything outside the park right now? That I am not oh, sure, but man. I know that there are like, you can make your own Dole Whip at home kind of recipes online. I have seen that. I can't make like a hot pocket at home. No. 
<laughs> not doing it. I know there's probably like there's someone standing somewhere in like full Disney safari gear just peddling this out of a cooler somewhere. I want to tell you this right now. I thought the Dole Whip was fine. I like pineapple. What do you mean fine? I, I, I wasn't blown away by the Dole Whip. Is freedom fine to you, Michael? Is joy just fine? Is good cheer and a fun time fine? I think that's how I try to live my life. I think good cheer is a lot of, uh, is very good to me. I just, I thought the Dole Whip was, was fine. I think it's a little blown out of proportion. I'm sad for you. I, well, maybe I don't know what happiness is. But I do my I do love pineapple. Pineapple's your favorite. Pineapple is my favorite fruit to eat. But that being said, today's episode is about our ideas for some new Disney attractions because Disney has been around for a while. The parks have been around for a while. We can figure out how we can add some new and fun attractions to the mix. And if Disney's listening, their Imagineers need to get all over this. But I think Jordan had a really good idea of how to start this conversation off. So yes, I do? I think you did. No, you did. You did. I think saying that, you know, what's your favorite Disney treat is very important, but I also think we should all chime in so everyone knows where we're coming from. What is your favorite Disney attraction currently? Good question. So go for it, Jordan. Yeah, I'll start. Uh, First of all, I can't believe a pineapple is your favorite fruit and you didn't pick Dole Whip. Uh, First, what a pointy, dangerous choice of fruit. And second, if I were to like pineapple, Dole Whip would be the only thing I would like. Okay, enough about that. My favorite (laughs) Disney attraction is by far Disney's Haunted Mansion. Always has been since I was a kid when it completely terrified me. But something was hypnotic and enthralling about it, very compelling and kept bringing me back. And as soon as I very quickly developed my grim and still dark sense of humor, I realized that the Haunted Mansion was really everything I could want in an attraction. The truth is, one of the great things about the Haunted Mansion is that the line is just as much fun, if not more fun than the ride, because it allows you to experience the atmosphere for an extended period of time. And then it's also just a damn good ride. The craftsmanship is good. The pacing is good. The length is delicious. It's also good for a nice, cool, long nap if you're in the middle of a hot afternoon. I think the Haunted Mansion is a top three attraction for me always, but but always has been, I think, my top one. Yeah, Haunted Mansion is pretty excellent, and I believe that you're probably the thousandth happy haunt. I think I think that's where we're gonna we're gonna sit with that. Oh no, that's bad, right? <laughs> I don't know. You get to live in the Haunted Mansion forever. Yeah, but forever. I can't leave. Yeah, you're stuck in the Haunted Mansion. So let's not let you become that thousandth happy haunt. Amanda, what's your favorite attraction? Uh, okay, well, my favorite attraction is no longer in the parks, and I might bring oh. it up later. Oh, no. What and is it? I, well, it, it happened a long time ago. It happened a long time ago. So I don't know if I should, because I have ideas surrounding this section that it was replaced with. This sounds so ominous. It happened a long time ago. What is it? Is it Was it a murder attraction? No, um, it was an extraterrestrial sort of situation. You know, you can tell us what it is. I was going to, well, I was going to bring it up later, but I didn't know we were starting with this. So my favorite attraction was Alien Encounter. And then they uh, replaced it in Magic Kingdom in Tomorrowland, like maybe 10 years ago or over. And it was a kind of horror sci-fi alien adventure that was designed by the Henson designers so it was just this immersive like you're in a you're in a ship and there's an alien and what are you gonna do with like scary <laughs> looking it. Muppets so it was the, the coolest thing so I will always petition to bring back alien encounter but they took it out because it was too scary it was actually too scary for the younger audience because you felt like you were there and there was just an alien breathing on your neck and it was like sure. all right what are you gonna do I remember it I remember it in its original form it has since become one of the worst rides in the park stitches stitches great escape escape that never has a line of over five minutes and you literally get burped in the face with this like hot dog 
steam while you're in there. It's not, I love Stitch. I love Lilo and Stitch. I love the characters in that. The ride does not do Stitch justice. The ride, the attraction does not do yeah, Stitch justice. Yeah, I don't think it's a ride. So I haven't been able to get Mike to go. I've been telling Mike about it. And I was like, this used to be where my favorite attraction was. Now it's been replaced with this. I don't know what to describe it as, but we should go see it. And like it hasn't. Aside from that, the ones that are existing in the parks are the mountain range. I love the mountain range in Magic Kingdom. And then Rock and Roller Coaster is actually probably my favorite because it's, I love roller coasters. I love thrill rides. You get shot into a loop-de-loop and you're going through a black light experience with Aerosmith blasting in your ears. So it's just fun. Those are all really great picks. And I, I had been on the original Alien Encounter many years ago. But I never, I don't want to waste my time on Stitch's Great Escape because everyone tells me it's terrible. And it's just like, well, it's only a five minute wait. It's like, I don't care. Why am I going to waste my time on that? I'd rather spend the just, time doing something else or being online for a better ride like Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin, which is right next door. It's just so you know, Mike. It's just so you know. Well, my, <laughs> oh, thanks. My favorite attractions in Disney World, I think it's, it's kind of a toss up. Uh, I really love Big Thunder Mountain. I think that's great. I think the Runaway Train is a lot of fun. I also love Space Mountain. I think Space Mountain is great, especially with the theming. I love that kind of like retro futuristic, not quite Star Wars space motif. I think it works really, really well. And I think it's really compelling. And I also love Test Track. I think Test Track is really great. Now, I do think that Radiator Springs in Disneyland is better than Test Track. And in the same breath, I think that Indiana Jones is better than way better than dinosaur but that's neither here nor there so much better so i like those rides a lot uh, i like those wacky kind of fast fast rides i'm not a big heights or drops guy so i don't really like most roller coasters but i do like when rides go really quick and and take you on some really cool turns so those are like my favorite attractions in the disney parks none of us really named a show <laughs> or anything like that but that's okay i think of those on a different scale honestly mm-hmm. we yeah we haven't done too many no I mean, the Nemo show is really good. The Nemo show is really good. Have you guys ever been to the Hoop-de-Doo review? Uh, no, I, I have do that. when I was much younger. When I was much, oh, much younger. It is just charming as hell. Yeah? Oh, yeah. It's great. Gotta go. Gotta that's go. That's a lot of fun. That's in a hotel, right? The it's at the uh, think, Fort right? Wilderness Hotel. Yeah. The campgrounds. The campgrounds. And it's terrific. One of these times we go to Disney World, we have to do like a stay in the parks for a long time. And just do all this other wacky stuff. Because well, we're always the there for like four days and it's always like run, 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 you know? Now that we are full-blown, not full-grown, full-blown adults, no longer, no longer children at all, and we have some cash, you know, now you can go for an extended period of time. You can allot your days for the parks, but then you can also actually say, no, there's a day I just want to go visit other hotels and eat at a different restaurant and see a different show, you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's a really cool there's, way to go about There's it. a lot to do in the Disney resorts too that people don't really think about. That's, that's all over those YouTube channels. Yeah. That and Disney you know, food blog has been eye-opening on a lot of things because I've been going to the Disney parks for like 60 years now, I want to say, and 900 years I've been going. They haven't been open. It's actually the 50th anniversary of Magic Kingdom next year. So the park that they open know of. That they know of, yes. I can't wait till they design the castle to look like a big cake again. I remember that. Remember the cake. Vivid you, memories of the cake castle. You can buy... It's not there. It's not there for the cake. You can buy merchandise of the cake castle still at the parks. Being like, remember when we did this? I remember I think we all remember. I remember. So we know what our favorite attractions are. We know what the snack we would want to eat most is right now. And as big Disney World fans of the experience and the magic, I think it's time to start getting into our pitches for what we would bring to Disney World, what kind of attraction we would come up with. And I think that 
since we have a very lovely guest with us today, I think that Amanda should give her pitch first. I don't know what to lead with. I have so many pitches. Well, you know what to lead with. There's this very special phrase. How about this? Oh. All right. So I have, I have several ideas, but Mike informed me of one of his ideas. So one of mine could very well be an addendum to his. So I will save that for later. I'm I have, excited. I have two. So basically one is an addition for the Disney's Hollywood studios. So I know that they already had a big expansion with Galaxy's Edge and everything. I, however, am a big Muppet head. So I've been seeing the same Muppet Vision 3D show for since the park opened or since that attraction opened. And I love it. I will continue to go to it every single time because it's one of my favorite things there. But I think it would be really cool if maybe there were different added shows now that Disney Plus is adding uh, Muppets Now and they're adding more Muppet content for a newer audience. Instead of getting rid of the first show altogether, they just have different show times where you could literally go throughout the day and just see different (laughs) Muppet vignettes or Muppet shows and things like that. Um, You could use the same space. That space has been designed to be like an interactive space with, you have Statler and Waldorf in the balcony, you have Bean Bunny in a balcony they could literally be in every single one you have the sweetums running through you have the orchestra and then you can just do different bits in the back the back meaning the front which is the screen and you just change it throughout the day so that's something you can add to muppets Love it. i learned today on disney food blog also that they closed i wasn't even looking for this and i just had it on in the background but they closed sweet spells in disney's hollywood studios in 2018 which was their like main candy confectionery bakery shop in studios and they never replaced it with anything so you can't really get that caramel apple you can't really get those rice krispie treats or anything like that so i propose also that in addition to pizza rizzo we add a swedish chef's confectionery shop in the muppet section what would you call it? <laughs> I, I was trying to think of that today, but because they also, they closed the writer's shop with the coffee where they had the oh coffee and the baked goods and stuff there too all and the all the bookstore. That was my favorite place to get coffee in the entire park. So they closed that as well. So replace those things with Muppet stuff is kind of what I'm saying. Oh, I would love that. But I would also love it if the little confectioner was called like, like something unpronounceable. Yeah, no. <laughs> something unpronounceable is the name of it. And they're just like, oh, um, you, you mean Swedish chef shop. Okay. In one of the uh, shorts that the Swedish chef does, he calls the rolling pin a cake and schmoosher. <laughs> That's perfect. So you could do the cake and schmoosers. <laughs> cake and schmoosher is a great name. And Pizza Rizzo has replaced Pizza Planet, and it's sometimes open. So I think they were trying to make that whole area, that whole section into like a Muppet area because you had the Muppet Theater and they were bringing back the Muppets with the Muppet, the new Muppet movies and a new Muppet TV show. So I think Hollywood Studios is the right place for oh, yeah. uh, more Amanda, Muppet stuff. Amanda, I think it's a great idea. And I think Disney has thus far perhaps underestimated how much the millennials in particular love the Muppets. So yeah. they just really need to get it right. And I think it's a home run. Yeah, honestly, too, the Muppets, the sitcom that was on ABC just for that one season and the Muppets in general, a lot of the movies that are just about them as characters and not like them in like A Christmas Carol or Treasure Island playing other characters. It's all about them putting on a show. It's all about them putting on a production and Disney's Hollywood Studios lost that a little bit. I know. With the loss of the Backlot Tour and the great movie ride. And they're replacing it with great stuff. Like I do like what they're doing with it and I'm interested to see where it goes. But I think that including more of the Muppets property, something that they are starting to push on Disney Plus now in that way would help them retain some of that. We're putting on a show. 
yeah. aspect while also highlighting one of their properties. And also that bleeds really well into like the Pixar se- section of everything, right? Like I understand you got Galaxy, Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars is a gigantic franchise, gigantic moneymaker. It makes, it's something that people really love. Despite how frequently people like to complain about the movies, people still love the ambiance of Star Wars. But I think that Hollywood Studios, if you're going to call it studios and you're going to make it about movies, then you really should capture that essence of what the Muppets are trying to do, how they're always trying to put on a show And I think the best aspect of any Muppet movie that they've done recently, especially the movie, which I believe is just called The Muppets, the Mm -hmm. one with Jason Segel. The best part of that movie is when they put on the show. (laughs) That's what everyone wants to see. Everyone wants to see the show go incredibly wrong. Kermit loses mind because he's just trying to keep it together and nothing working out. Gonzo blowing himself (laughs) up. Like that, I would love a section of the park where out of nowhere you see Gonzo blow up in like the middle of in like get shot out of a cannon into a window or something like that. That's like, sure. you want that kind of a calamity. Into the top right? window of Pizza Rizzo. Yeah. That'd be the funniest thing. And exactly. also Kermit losing his mind is best Kermit. <laughs> The the Muppets are kind of, well, along with Carol Carol Burnett, kind of the OG leaders of the great subgenre of we're putting on a show and everything is going wrong, which represents my favorite genre of all theater and film. We recently had a lot of success in in more recent years with like the play that goes wrong and Peter Pan goes wrong. But before that, it was things like, uh, you know, Noises Off, or even if you want to do something more modern, like a, a Birdman or a Bullets Over Broadway or something like that. People enjoy when they are kind of part of the show and they see things coming apart at the seams and that was so much of the charm of Hollywood Studios and I think the Muppets Amanda is the perfect conduit for that conceit. Thank you. I'm buying tickets now. So Amanda, so that was like the intro pitch oh, yeah. of your multi-tiered pitch here. Well, is this was... a multi-tiered pitch scheme? Um, I love it. Well, you know what? I didn't really have a... I was thinking today I was like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I don't know what I'm going to talk about and then I went down like a rabbit hole watched a Disney animated film that I did not plan to watch today that had no connection to anything that I was thinking about and is now the entire addendum to what Mike is talking about because I was like, this works with that. Um, And then wrote a whole lot of notes in kind of like a blind, like, I'm just going to write things. So I don't know what happened, but Amanda, how about this? Oh, here we go. So this I don't think will happen because all of the events themed around this property, I will call it for here, make so much money for the Magic Kingdom, I think, and draw people in there. And I've heard a lot of rumors about this being designed for a very long time, for probably over 10 years. So I think it is something that has been tossed around and has been talked about a lot, but I don't know that it will happen to the full park extent that I want it to. But how about a villain's park? Oh, yeah. So the design of it for me would kind of be like a combination of the Magic Kingdom and Epcot. The center, instead of being spaceship earth would be maleficent's castle and then it would be kind of like epcot instead of magic kingdom where it's the lands like every villain featured would have their own like land and you could essentially also drink around the world in that (laughs) aspect so because i think it would attract an older an older crowd more so than the magic kingdom would i toyed with having it open from like 4 p.m and staying open till rope drop of magic kingdom because it would give like the night owl crowd somewhere to go to past like the pleasure island time as well um and then with extra magic hours starting at like you could open it at seven even and do extra magic hours from like four to seven yeah i have a lot i mean i have like a lot of very very specific things but the villains that i don't think gaston would be here i think he's trying to be a good guy over in the magic kingdom and like just isn't represented here because he doesn't think he's a bad guy so he's trying to hang out with the fairy tales over there and he already has all of his shop and everything that so i think gaston's out of the picture for this one true 
but we have Maleficent. I think Cruella has a mercantile or a mercantile store where everything's polka dot. Oh. So I don't know if she would have a ride, but I wow. think that there would be like polka dot t-shirts, polka dot bags. Like clearly, ethically, no Dalmatians would be harmed in the making of any of this stuff, but yeah. Cruella de Vil. Yeah, maybe since her movie, she's come around to that fur is bad, but she still wants to be evil. And she still loves polka dots, so like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, the Evil Queen, I think just bring back Snow White's Scary Adventures because they took it out of the Magic Kingdom and it's not a ride that's there anymore. And it's terrifying. It is the scariest ride that has ever been in the Disney parks is Snow White's Scary Adventures. It is still in Disneyland in California, but it's it's creepy. It's one of the dark rides. The Evil yeah. Queen is like in her full witch form and there's jump scares. And if you're a kid and you go on it and you don't know, it scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. So just bring that ride back. I'm loving this. This is... Oh, yes. Keep yeah, going. This is right up preach, the Valley. Preach, preach, Amanda. Preach, <laughs> preach it. Um, also, give her the candy shop because they closed uh, Sweet Spells in Hollywood Studios, which is what I replaced with the Swedish Chef store there. So bring Sweet Spells, which was the Evil Queen's candy shop in Hollywood Studios. Bring that back over to this park. Could also have to-go drinks or something in a bar outside with potions for the Evil Queen. There's a lot of, like, drink stands in this place. Oh, I love it. Emperor Zerg has a ride similar to Buzz Lightyear <laughs> Space Ranger Spin. Maybe... To another one of those like arcade rides too, but just keep it Toy Story and it's all Emperor Zerg themed. Sure, I don't. I, I don't mean to cut you off right now. I just want to say that just to just to, as a, as an addendum, I love Emperor Zerg. I think that Emperor Zerg is so unnecessarily <laughs> upset all of the time that makes him so good. And, and he's not a character. That shows up. It's his mouth shape. I think yeah, it is. It yeah. is. Yeah. Sorry, Amanda. No, <laughs> no, it needs to be addressed. Emperor Zerg is like. He's so funny. He's so funny. Um, but yeah, bring Emperor Zerg in. Uh, I think Hades, we have to have some shows in the castle, in the front of the castle, like how they do at Magic Kingdom. So I think Hades could actually host like a villain open mic night. Oh, per- perfect. Yeah, that's great. Great host. And then to get like the younger teen crowd, in, like I think you could still have kids in here. And there's a whole Monsters, Inc. thing that I'm going to talk about that I think is just for, for the kids. So I'll get to the kids later. There are kids in this park too, starting with that. But I think the shows in front of the castle would be Hades Open Mic. And then you could bring the Descendants in, which is the children of the villains, which Disney has the movies on their right their channel and they're actually great and they're choreographed by kenny ortega who did high school musical and dirty dancing so they're actually really good but bring the descendants in you could also have a bippity boppity boutique called curl up and die which is taken from the descendants it is owned by lady tremaine and run by her granddaughter dizzy so that could be an adult version of the bippity boppity boutique located in the villains park so have it where you can go and get covered in glitter at any age because I think that they age capped it. And I have a lot of other things, but okay. We want, we want, this is an extra Magic Hours length episode. Give the people um, what they paid okay. for. Okay, so we can have the Underminer's Revenge, which is maybe a tunnel coaster ride. <laughs> I, am I might be beneath you, you but nothing, nothing is, is beneath below. me. <laughs> <laughs> So that's one thing there too. Um, I thought you could, to jump back to the curl up and die, you could do a character meet and greet with the characters from the Descendants. So that would be Dizzy, who is Drizella's daughter, I believe. Um, Mal, who is Maleficent's daughter. Uma, who is Ursula's daughter. And Evie, which is the evil queen's daughter. They are all official Disney characters now. Yes, yeah, so the Underminers, we need, we need a thrill ride. So that would be like a tunnel coaster ride. I love oh, it. Oh yeah, that's perfect. And and honestly, there's there's not enough Incredibles stuff. And um, no. 
almost And Amanda, what you said about the kids before, I know you're coming to them even more in a moment, but I was always a little kid that liked the villains. I liked villain characters, not because I wanted to be a villain or wanted the villains to win. I just thought they were cool and fun. And there are a lot of villains that I think the kids would like to meet. They're fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't, I don't disagree with that. I was trying to theme it in my head of if I kept with the it opens late and stays open that late, I would want it to be like a kid-friendly place, but somewhere where it could have like a later, more grown-up feel to it also. But there again, like this is, I listened to a podcast that was all about this also and how to make it more kid-friendly because there are some like little, little ones that might not get the, you know, that that it's not real. That's a a real monster that's going to come out and eat me. So it's like, I I can see why Disney maybe didn't jump into that first because it is, a lot of it is larger than life. And if you're a really tiny kid, you might not be able to figure out the difference between everything in Disney World to me is make-believe and real at the same time. And that's the magic of it. So if you're super, super small jumping into a villain's park, I think that that could be scary. But I agree with you too. Like I always loved them. So it's not that I wasn't looking to gear it towards kids. I just think that the way in my head, what I had idea-wise set up so far is more in the like, I don't know. Here's what I was going to give for the kids. So Monsters Inc. needs to be more highly represented. And I don't think that they're villains, but I think that monsters themselves get lumped into the these are scary things category. And Randall is a great villain. And there is a Monsters Inc. ride in Disneyland that I would love to, like Monsters Inc. already is in the Magic Kingdom in Tomorrowland with the laugh floor. And I think that that's cool um, because it deals with energy and that's how they kind of tie it into Tomorrowland. So to put the ride, the Muppet, the Muppet, the Monsters Inc. ride in Tomorrowland doesn't make sense, but it could make sense here if we added some more Randall and did like a chase throughout because I believe that the ride in Disneyland, you're kind of chasing Randall, trying to get him, trying to deliver Boo back to basically the plot of the movie. But Randall's a really interesting villain that doesn't get brought up a lot. And I think that sure. like a, a nice monster chase would be fun in this park. Almost like a door chase, right? Like you're chasing the doors around. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Oh, cool. Could be anything. I think there's a lot in the park idea that I have that kids would enjoy. I just think in general, it might be more geared for adults, even like a preteen, just a slightly older crowd. Oh, before I I forget too, because I forgot a lot of the other characters, but this is one place that I really wanted is I want Magnificent Marvelous Mad Madam Mim to have either a bar or a teacup ride or both, like something similar to that. Oh, Um, please, yes. Or if you visit her bar and then you go on the teacup ride, you have to do it in the other order. You can't visit the bar first and then go on the teacup ride, but she, she needs to have something like that. I think that movie needs to be represented more in Disney to begin with. Oh, Sword with. the Stone? Absolutely. It's one of yeah. their best films and they treat it like crap. Yeah, there's, there's so one good. thing. There's one thing in Disney World about it. But you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna say, I'm going to tie into what you were saying, Amanda. I totally understand why you would want to create a park that appeals to mid and late teens and adults because that's like Outside of like Marvel and now Star Wars, that was a segment that Disney just never was able to capture that well. And so many like 13, 15, 16 year old kids just think Disney's for babies. So something like that would be, as much as I disagree with them, a park like that might be something to bring them in. It's like, oh, cool. And they'll have something with Jafar. I'll have something with. There's actually a shop, uh, Just Jafar, like Just Jack on Will and Grace. That's the only <laughs> thing I could think of for him, but it has to happen. So it's all Jafar stuff, just, just Jafar. You know what I mean, though? So it's just like, it's one of those things, of course. It's one of those things that I think it's a really great idea. And I think it's a really marketable idea because Disney treats their villains like they're kind of same way Nintendo treats their villains for the most part it's right like Bowser's like this big goofy 
bully kind of character. And like, there's a goofy playfulness to the Disney villains, especially when you're talking about like Hades or even Ursula is like ridiculous. So I think things like that. There's two more things that had to be featured that if I don't mention them, I'm going to be really upset. Well, bring them up. So Captain Hook, he has a jewelry shop. Uh, (laughs) It sells watches because of the, the clock. And then also a stand outside that sells rum-based cocktails because pirates. Also a golden pirate ship. I know it's gold after like it sails away and everything. And I don't know if I want the golden pirate ship to be like a swinging pirate ship or if oh, it should please. be like like a ferry boat, like how in the Magic Kingdom, how they have that that ferry so you can actually board the ship itself and like ride it as if it were a ship. So one of those two or both, I don't care. But they, they, you could do both. I, I think they're both good. Is there another swinging ship ride in Disney World? No. So no, that's there a isn't. Good one. I that's just a good one to have. had visions to the one in Adventureland, and I was like, "Yes, but make it gold, and also Captain Hooks, and Perfect. bigger, and with many more safety restraints, because I I don't think that there are seat belts on the one in Adventureland, but I love it anyway. No, uh, many, many people have died in Adventureland. Yeah, <laughs> watch the uh, the movie with Jesse Eisenberg, and that's pretty much the theme park. Yep, there you go. Yeah, and then the other one was the Queen of Hearts. So with that, just a lot of black light and some kind of crazy Alice in Wonderland dark ride and then funny colored like bottled drinks and cakes and stuff featured around. That's all I had idea for that, but just that would definitely be a dark ride section. Love it. I mean, that's a really awesome idea for a park. I really think that pitch is great. I'm actually also surprised oh. that they 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 were they thinking were, about it. They were thinking about it. I actually spoke to a friend today that was working there when this was like 10 years ago and this is how I first heard about it and they were tossing around the idea of calling it Shadow Kingdom. This is all conjecture, not conjecture, but this is all theory. I don't think Disney has ever confirmed anything, but I've seen blips about it in a lot of articles and it was called shadow kingdom because it stands in the shadow of the magic kingdom that's great and actually i think i had heard the rumor about that once before because i have something i would like to petition you for amanda ah if you ever get to build your park if you're approached by the team of imagineers and they're like we heard you on the how about this podcast and we we have some questions for you please ask them to do this for me if they build shadow kingdom I want the Walt statue with Mickey Mouse to be mirrored in the Shadow Kingdom by a Walt statue with Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, please. Oh, yeah. No, give that little yeah. man his due. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Actually, that's, that's really sweet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that in my notebook that I have that's here because I had to write a whole lot of notes today, apparently, but that's going. Yeah, that's give going the away. rabbit his due. And it all started with a rabbit. I love Oswald. Oswald's great. I'm so happy Disney got him back. They traded him for Al Michaels. What does that mean? Al Michaels is a sportscaster. Um, and <laughs> this is a contract thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold on. So, so Universal, Disney sold Oswald the Lucky Rabbit to Universal like however many years ago. Now, that was the big thing. Universal owned the character and they never used him and Disney could never get Oswald back. So when Disney bought ESPN, ESPN used to do Monday night football or Sunday night football. It was one or the other. So Disney, it ended up coming to a contract where I think one of the football shows was getting put on NBC, which is owned by Universal. And they wanted to use Al Michaels. And this might be the wrong way around. I don't remember the whole thing. But part of the deal to get Al Michaels was that Disney would get back Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. And that's why in like 2008, you started to see Oswald pop up again because Disney finally got him back after all those years. Oh, sure. Yeah, that was right around like Epic Mickey time, the video game and all that stuff. Yep, yep, yep. And that was the deal. They, They got Oswald back by trading Al Michaels to like Thursday night or Sunday night football or something like that. It's actually oh, wow. pretty hilarious. They do sell uh, Oswald ears now. They do. They do. Park. 
they do. Yeah, he's he's definitely more yeah, of a yeah. presence, even though I think a lot of kids don't really know what his personality is. And I hope it would be preserved kind of from the Epic Mickey appearance, which is that he's kind of mean. He's kind of a wise guy. I think he'd be a good foil for Mickey if they ever actually really had a show together. But we haven't seen much of that. He's probably more like Mortimer Mouse. Yeah. I don't know a lot about Mortimer Mouse. Was that like the prototype Mickey? Mortimer Mouse was before Mickey also. And he was a little bit more, I've only ever really seen him in like sketches and like rough stuff. Cause I don't know if he made it to like a more polished cartoon. He could have, I'm not an authority on this, but Mortimer was a little bit more of a trickster and a little bit more like mischievous and like intentionally mischievous than Mickey Mouse's. Cause even in the earlier cartoons, yeah. Mickey's kind of like a trickster, but Mortimer's even more like, I'm going to get you. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like Oswald for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And I think with the, this era of kind of bringing old cartoon styles back. We're actually seeing it a lot right now with the return of Looney Tunes and stuff like Cuphead and those those Pokemon shorts that they're putting out that look like old Fleischer Brothers cartoons. I think it's a perfect time to for Disney to bring back that style of animation and make some old cartoons, old looking cartoons with characters like Oswald. Maybe Oswald can be the guy for it. Now we're going on an Oswald tangent. That's not part of what this is, but I do think that Oswald does need to be more represented in the parks. And Jordan, I think that's a beautiful idea. I really think that's great. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, I really like that. I love Oswald. And it's kind of like, it's like Oswald is... It's kind of like when Marvel created the Sentry in the when they started doing New Avengers. The story of the Sentry was that he was a character that they had created that everyone forgot about. And after years and years and years, he pops up and it's like, oh no, we've had this character forever. Like that was the whole point of the Sentry. And I feel like Oswald is kind of like that character for Disney. It's just like, oh, he's been missing for so long. And oh wait, he's back. Oh wait, I forgot about Oswald. You know, it's kind of like- There's definitely a Team Oswald movement because it's almost like the character is kind of waiting to be celebrated. The character is waiting for like a homecoming so he can be kind of introduced to Minnie and Goofy and Pluto and Doc. Donald and the whole gang, but they kind of keep not doing that. And it's really because there's no main Mickey Mouse show that really comes out in the same way that there used to be. You know? yeah. yeah. I'm wondering if they will, because I think there is a cartoon on Disney Plus now. It's in a different style. It's a much different style animation. So I don't know that they would introduce Oswald that way, but it is the 50th anniversary of the Magic Kingdom very soon. I hope that with that, they're going to kind of throw back to some of the original stuff and the like, here's how Disney started. And, and maybe with that, we'll get something like that. That would be great. I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah. And Good characters. Oswald deserves his due. But Amanda, that's a great pitch. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm hoping it would be great if it happened. And kind of, I, I touched on this earlier. There are so many events in the Magic Kingdom right now that are specifically like villains events and the villains took over and they do bring in a lot of extra revenue into the Magic Kingdom parts and they create like special events and special snacks and everything like that that bring people in just for those things. So it is a big money-making property for them already in the parks, which is why it hasn't happened as of yet, but... Well, there's always been the rumor of hopefully, a fifth park. Hopefully. They have space. They yeah. have space. And I think they took out permits recently for something. So, yeah. so you never we'll know. See. I mean, there's there definitely is room for a fifth park at Disney World. There's probably room for 10 parks at Disney World. But I know they've been talking about a fifth park for a very, very long time. Uh, at least it's come up in, as rumor in the rumor mill and all that stuff. That, hey, Disney's oh, well, designing a fifth park. We'll, we'll get it. We'll get, we'll get it. I think so. I think they have way too many properties to keep to one park. I also remember they were doing that thing. It was like a marketing campaign called the Mechanical Kingdom for a while, which was like a steampunk thing, which I thought was really cool. That was cool. I thought, you know, there's some really great ideas out there. I think I want to go my pitch next, if that's okay with everyone. You go here. for we, it, Mike. We are waiting with bated breath. So how about this? We all love the Magic Kingdom, right? We all love the Magic Kingdom. I think yes. the Magic Kingdom is the center park of everything Disney is all about. It's about fun. 
fantasy, history, the future. It's got everything. Everything going on. You've got all the different characters. You've got areas that, you know, like the frontier. It's all this, everything that makes Disney World. Disney World is really represented as the Magic Kingdom as a microcosm. My favorite part of the Magic Kingdom has always been Tomorrowland. Now, I love Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. I love that part of Frontierland. We were talking before how Liberty Square is one of the most underrated sections in the park. Fantasyland is fun. It has all like the fantasy rides and all of the classic characters like that. But I love I love, 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 love retrofuturism. I think it is such a wonderful and amazing art style. It's Buck Rogers, it's space punk, it's atom punk, it's ray guns and rocket ships and aliens and forbidden planet and all that jazz. The problem with Tomorrowland is that while I still love it to this day, there are parts of it that definitely need a revamp and parts of it today don't really represent tomorrow anymore. I think a lot of it represents what they thought tomorrow would be in the 1950s and not what tomorrow has actually become. Now, I don't think you should scratch everything that they have at Tomorrowland. I don't think they should redesign the whole park. I think you need that retrofuturistic feel because I think that's kind of what makes the energy of that park kind of work, like Space Mountain, even the Astro Orbiter, which I never go on, People it's Mover, all, right. all that stuff. You got a little bit of Walt's history and, and how Walt viewed the future, at least to a degree. I know that the Carousel of Progress apparently is being taken out and put in the and put into the Smithsonian at some point. Oh no. Yeah. I've been hearing that for yeah. a bit. There's been a rumor for a while that they're going to remove <laughs> He's the, so upset. Remove the Carousel of Progress but put it in the Smithsonian Museum so you could experience oh, it there. It's not jerks. the same. Even that, even that that ride, which is supposed to represent the future at that point, is really not representative of the future anymore. So I think that what we need to do is revamp that side of the park a little bit. And I think the best way possible is you have to differentiate it from Future World over at Epcot. Because Future World at Epcot and Tomorrowland at the Magic Kingdom can be very similar based because they're kind of based on the same things. That being said, I think the way to really differentiate it is obviously Epcot that part of the park is supposed to be about learning and education. And while the, why the guardians of the galaxy are going there, I don't know. Maybe Star-Lord teaches you how to dance. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's the perfect way to make that ride educational. Maybe Groot can teach you about botany. Rocket can teach you how chemistry. Star-Lord can teach you how to dance. Gamora can teach you how some, some you know, martial arts moves. And maybe Drax can teach you how to be invisible. I don't know. While that's all about education, I think that Tomorrowland Disney World needs to be about fun. And I think the best way to really capture what tomorrow is about is by bringing in some of the new... Disney films and properties that we don't really see in the parks right now. There are some properties at Disney that are unrepresented at the parks, and two of them are two of my favorites. So what I would absolutely love them to see them do is to maybe take a section of the park if they have land, and I would love to see them build a section that is like San Francisco from Big Hero 6. And of course, I'm going with a Marvel property, right? Because I love Marvel comics and I'm a huge Marvel fan. But I love Baymax. Who doesn't love Baymax? He's a giant pillow robot who also is your best friend, also tells you if you're not, helps you if you're not feeling well. And those characters are amazing and they represent this kind of wacky Disney futuristic superhero kind of vibe without actually being part of like the MCU. And I know the Big Hero 6 characters are Marvel characters. I don't think there's any issue going on with the contracts regarding Universal and Disney when it comes to the Big Hero 6. I don't think so either. No, I don't think so. I, that's that. That's something I would love to see. And I loved how San Francisco, right? I'm saying that, right? San right? Francisco, yep. I loved how Fran- San Francisco was designed as kind of this hybrid of San Francisco and Tokyo. 
And that's all, that's what Disney was about, right? That's what Epcot was about. Epcot was supposed to be this exploratory city where all these different cultures and stuff combined together so that everyone got to experience everything. And Epcot's still kind of about that, but I would love to see that in Tomorrowland. And when you take the people mover, they show you Walt's original ideas for a city. So I think San Francisco is an amazing thing. You can have like that cool Golden Gate Bridge they use. And I think it's a great way to focus, to have some like futuristic foods. You can do some like Blade Runner stuff style noodle shops oh that's, you can that's do, great like really tap into like this cyberpunky but disneyfied cyberpunky big hero six fun 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 and what's in the movie his mom makes wings too oh his aunt makes wings yeah she has like a food uh, yeah, yeah her aunt yeah, her yeah. aunt can, his, his aunt hero's aunt can have a shop where she's where she sells you know food and all these different food items and I would love to have a ride maybe where you team up with the Big Hero 6 and maybe you fly around on Baymax. Maybe it's a giant Baymax that you fly around on that combines coaster works and video screens. And I also think that we need to include the best Disney movie of the last 20 years, Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It, Wreck-It Ralph. Ralph needs to be in this part oh, of the park. Yeah. And I think the best way to oh. bring him in... Please, King Candy's Emporium of Candy or something like that. Please, God. Hold on. I have I to- buy um, all of that candy. I have to- I totally forget. Oh, okay. I think as part of San Francisco, you can go to Litwax Arcade. I think Litwax Arcade oh, should yes. be there. It should be a real arcade filled with classic video games. And I think the Wreck-It Ralph machine or the Fix-It Felix Jr. machine should be there as well. And I think it's a great way to just go in. Who doesn't love a classic arcade? I understand it's a retro thing now, but it's also like, mm, it's so good. And I think it's a perfect place to put that in there because Disney should be about fun and games. And when you go into the Space Mountain space area, for a while, there used to be pinball machines in the Space Mountain gift shop. You could play the X-Men pinball machine. I remember or some other pinball machines. So why not have Litwax Arcade and why not have some driving games and all that stuff to represent that era of everything? And King Candy absolutely needs a candy shop. Have some candy. (laughs) Absolutely needs a candy shop in there. And I'm cribbing this idea a little bit, but I think that part of Tomorrowland, the worst ride in Tomorrowland outside of, some people don't like the People Mover, some people don't like the Astro Orber, but they're The People Mover is great. But I want to tell you this much. Tomorrowland Speedway is garbage. It's garbage. Trash. It was a great ride probably sure. 50 years ago. Especially once you've seen like Radiator Springs and Disneyland, which you mentioned earlier. You know. Yeah, Radiator Springs, Test Track, any of this stuff. It's like a ride where you get to drive. Or it's like, okay, I get it. After you've ever actually driven a car. Like yeah. I, can understand, <laughs> I can understand Tomorrowland Speedway if you're like seven and you're like, yeah, I'm going to drive. I'm going to drive this car by myself. And then once you've actually driven a car, you're like, man, I waited 40 minutes to drive a car that's a lot shittier than the car that I drive at home. But what yeah, if... Tomorrowland Speedway is as much about driving a car as Guitar Hero is about playing a, a real guitar. <laughs> yes, the, the skills do not translate. Because let me tell you, I drive in real life like I drive in the Tomorrowland Speedway and <laughs> I've only ever gotten into accidents. <laughs> yes, you killed many people. I can't believe you're bringing this up. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm on the run. <laughs> I think the perfect way to update Tomorrowland Speedway is to not reskin it, it's to completely get rid of it and turn it into the racetrack and the Diet Cola Mountain from Wreck-It Ralph. That's where you bring in Sugar Rush. Oh, yes. I love I Sugar think- Rush. And I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect to bring in Sugar Rush to represent that part of Wreck-It Ralph. But maybe because we need to see how well the Mario Kart ride does. And I think it's going to do incredibly well. I don't think there's a bad idea used with that Mario Kart ride that uses like AR and screens and coaster stuff and allows you to jump your car. It's ridiculous. I think if technology designed for that 
can be used with what Disney has with stuff like Radiator Springs and Test Track. And I think you could make a very, very fun race style ride at Disney World because Disney is going to need to have something that competes with Mario Kart once it opens because I think that ride is going to be unbelievably good. Oh, for sure. It's it's going to be the the main attraction at Super Nintendo World at Universal, and Disney's going to need to compete with it, just like Star Wars is to compete with Harry Potter. I think you make a Sugar Rush ride where you can ride with the other racers, maybe even design your own car to see how it would perform, and then you have that whole wacky Candy Mountain experience. And while it's not super futuristic, I think it fits in with that nice nook between Tomorrowland and Fantasyland. So it rests right in between the two as a, sure. as a way for you to experience both everything great about fantasy and everything great about the future. I really feel that those are some underrepresented properties. And you know what? The Incredibles can have something in there as well because who doesn't love The Incredibles? That sounds, I would love that. I have I have another property that would fit in with your idea if I can actually can sure. I share. So this Ooh, is the movie I watched today that I did not plan to watch today that I think is wildly underrepresented in the Disney parks that would absolutely fit in with Mike's reimagined Tomorrowland. Just meet the Robinsons. Oh, I love and Meet the Robinsons. Yeah. Meet the Robinsons is literally a sci-fi time-traveling Disney animated adventure romp that encourages trying things as many times as possible. doesn't matter how many times you fail every failure is a success and yeah. it's about what you learn and how you're going to do it differently the next time and the slogan of the whole movie is literally keep moving forward which oh. would very much fit into Tomorrowland I'm a sucker for anything with time traveling so the fact that there also used to be a time traveling ride in Tomorrowland where the Monsters Inc. show now is it was Robin Williams was like a robot host of this show and it wasn't a ride but you just stood in like a 360 theater as Robin Williams's robot self like took you through different periods of time. So I propose there we replace Stitch's Great Escape with the Meet the Robinsons time traveling ride. And in the movie, you literally do. You go back to prehistoric era. You see a Tyrannosaurus Rex. You go into this wacky future that they're currently in. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can do. And I started thinking about it and watched it when I was working on the villain stuff because I was like, oh, the bowler hat guy is great, but I don't remember too much about him. You know, let me go watch Meet the Robinsons. And it, it lent itself way too better to Mike's Tomorrowland idea. I would rather put them there. You can you can absolutely put time traveling with the Robinsons with in my Tomorrowland. And then the Magic Kingdom would have a Robinson Treehouse walkthrough. Swiss Family Robinson and then they would have Meet the Robinsons. Parallel. Very nice. I also think that at this part of Tomorrowland and this new addition to Tomorrowland of how to revamp Tomorrowland, I do believe it's some way, shape, or form. We need a representation from our favorite robot, Wally. Oh, Wally. Because who oh, doesn't yeah. love Wally? I think Wally should be, he should be there and you should either get a character meet and greet with him. I don't know if he would have a ride. Maybe he'll have a show about energy and, Could you know, he keep... be like doing what he does and just cleaning up garbage? Like, can he be <laughs> like, you know how in, in Stop and Shop right now they have Marty and it's literally the yeah. spill cleaning up robot? Like you could actually have Wally, like a robot you know how they used to have the, the talking trash can that I actually don't think they have anymore. Yeah, push the trash can. Yeah, I'll push. Bring that idea back, but make it Wally because that fits right. perfectly. I love it. I love that. And I think Wally fits perfectly into that whole scheme. I think this is really good. I think Tomorrowland is the one part of the Magic Kingdom that really could benefit from some degree of overhaul. They've done a little bit of stuff with like Fantasyland and then they've had the big like Dumbo's big top area, which took over Toontown where it's like a circus now. But Tomorrowland needs some needs some love. You can even make, uh, they're doing, when they start booking vacations and stuff again, because 
like everything else, Disney is closed right now. But I watched on Disney Food Blog a lot of the measures that they're going to put in place for when they do open again and like temperature checks and things like that are one of the things. So you could actually have the Eve robot that does a scan, you know, in, in Wally, she does like scans of the entire environment. You if if Disney can, I don't know who's making the technology that they're gonna be using, but <laughs> that would be theming right there. You can yeah. make oh, yeah. your Theming is important, or you can have Baymax check your temperature on a scale from one There's to ten. More Baymax meet and greets. More Baymax meet and greets. Yes. It is the best meet and greet you will ever have in a park. Is with Baymax. Baymax gives the best hugs. <laughs> yeah, if, if if you've never met Baymax in the parks, it's definitely worth it to meet him because he actually feels like a giant pillow. Like when you hug him, and it's not. It, it's it's. He is. All he wants, the, and you're supposed to hug Baymax. Like, that's the whole point. Like, the whole point is you're supposed to go up to Baymax and give him a big hug. And he's like this big pillow. It's it's amazing. It's so great. I was so happy is when he, I met him. Is he not wearing his armor or anything like that? He's no, he's, 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 yeah, he's naked Baymax, and you give him a big <laughs> hug. Nice. I'll take it. <laughs> I want to meet Baymax when he's in his, like, hairy baby. Hairy baby. Like, I want to meet that Baymax. Like, low energy Baymax? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. But yeah, no, that's my pitch to improve Tomorrowland. Uh, I think I think that Tomorrow Tomorrowland's a great section. I just think that, like I said, it needs a little love. That candy, that candy ride. I'm thinking about the Candy Mountain ride and also candy the candy Mountain. in the shop. Like everything in my brain right now is like, eat the candy, then go on the ride. That's about the candy. Then go back in the shop and buy more candy. And then you <laughs> candy. And then eventually you vomit on the ride. Yep. Space Mountain does not need to change at all. Oh, again, going back to Disney Food, food Blog, but you guys might both like this. There's a haunted Space Mountain. Have you heard this? Haunted Disney, Space Mountain? In Disneyland. I don't remember what the actual official name for when they do like their not so scary. Because in space, no one can hear you scream. This is true. Too dark? But I don't think that rule applies on the Space Mountain ride because I'm pretty sure the ride screams at you. Oh, okay. When they change it over that way. But yeah, like much like when they do a Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party in Florida, they kind of blast. I feel like one time it was rock music. And yeah, then, it was like rock, techno. And they just turned all the lights off and it became a very different experience. But in California, where they have a bit of a different coaster, they put like screens up and it turns into this like haunted mountain where there's like jump scares and stuff popping out at you. And it's a very different space mountain I experience. It. I think it's great. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. All of us like haunted stuff i wonder what that says about us as people i there's, don't like haunted stuff there's a <laughs> blog that has a lot of like secret hidden stuff around the haunted mansion too like that's in the queue line Listen. that i've been on that ride a whole bunch of times and thought i knew where everything in the queue line was and i oh, did not and, like there was some stuff i was like sure. i've how did i miss that like so i anyone that is a fan of that ride i encourage you to find the disney food blog that talks about all the hidden stuff listen i'm gonna tell you this right now i i, I appreciate all of your input but I'm not giving Disney Food Blog any more free press. They're going to have to start paying for this because I think it's a great YouTube They're channel really nice and I think people. it's a great website. But I, they Oh, there's the man. He's back. He's back with the metal case. He's oh, delivering oh, it right behind you. Oh, yeah. I'll take that billion dollars. Thank you. Can you bring more ice cream bars next time, please? All right. He said yes. He nodded. He did. He did not. He said hello. So I think He's that I think we've, we've got some pretty decent ideas so far. I think we could run our own park. Yes. And... I think it's time, Jordan, though. I think it's time for your pitch. So how about this? Ever since I was younger, as you know, I, I was obsessed with the Haunted Mansion, and I always wanted a hotel to match. So my pitch is not for an attraction. It's actually for a hotel. I, I am pitching Disney's Haunted Hotel. I also am 
pitching a slightly larger area of shops that are still not an attraction. There's no rides, but called Disney Hollow. So here's mm -hmm. my pitch for Disney Hollow and Disney's Haunted Hotel. So the first thing I have to tell you both is that I pitched this to my parents over the phone a few hours ago, and they hated this idea. <laughs> they thought it was stupid. They thought it was obtuse. They thought it was nothing a child would ever want. And that made me question if my parents ever really knew me as a kid. Um, but I'll pitch it to you guys and hopefully I have a slightly better reaction than my parents. So here's the, the idea in Essentials. The Disney's Haunted Hotel appears as kind of a big manor hotel, maybe colonial in style, but I don't want it to look like the Disney Haunted Mansion or the Hollywood Tower of Terror. It should look like neither of those things. It should just look like a very large hotel that has fallen slightly into disrepair and probably had its heyday in the 1920s. The affectation we want is somewhere between like Gatsby era glamour and also the Overlook Hotel. So we're kind of looking to split those aesthetic features, just that something about it is both grand and very off just like kind of a hotel perpetually in its off season, even though there are evidently plenty of guests. So here is the aesthetic or kind of what I would refer to as the show. Here's what makes everything work. The staff, the guests, everything about the hotel, they are telling you it is a haunted hotel. That is the plan. They greet you, they do it in a really scary way. It's obvious that the place is haunted. That's the show hat. The part that makes the narrative click is that things happen that are unexpected at the hotel that would lead the guests to believe that the it being haunted is a front or a face because the building is actually haunted and they need to kind of sell that the property is haunted so that the guests are okay staying in a place where there are legitimate actual ghosts staying in the hotel with you. So I would love for like the hotel manager, a la Grand Budapest Hotel, complete with like lobby boys and cafe girls, to like greet the guests and tell you all about their spooky hotel. But then like the lights flicker or a chandelier drops or like a bookcase just slides or like, and they put your bags on a cart, which kind of just starts to roll by itself towards the stairs. And they seem to not realize like that was going to happen, but they, they laugh it off because it's a haunted hotel and everything here is so crazy. Oh my God. And you know, they, they do like the big, Disney narrative of like, you might see the eyes and the paintings move, but then like a painting behind them like basically catches fire or like the painting like kind of walks away or like gets sucked into the wall. And then their reaction must be sold over the top of like, a, uh, I'm sure that's, that's fine. That happens all the time here because it's a haunted hotel. So it just goes one step further beyond that it is the facade of a haunted hotel. The hotel must actually be haunted. So all that notwithstanding, just a couple of the things that make the place tick, right? So I love that. Thank you. We're looking for all antiquated hotel furnishing, furnishings, actual doorknobs, even if you can access the plate with a key card. I need an actual knob on the door that looks like a brass knob. Really old looking numbers. Beautiful rooms, but again, they have that older look to them. Amanda, you want to, to hop in for a second? Could you get an actual like old looking key also? Like if it had a key card oh that worked, it could work. God. But if they issued each room with like one of those like very old keys. Amanda, this is why all three of us are partners in this endeavor. You got some good ideas. That's also, great. I think that there should be a direct monorail from this resort to the Villains Park. Oh, yes. We're definitely Or not even Myra, like some kind of carriage, something, no, has some to be, transportation. Guys, it has to be some sort of like weird train. 
either a weird haunted train or like yeah, haunted carriage. Haunted also train. Works. Haunted train is cool. I love it. I think a haunted train would be would be brilliant. Here's my couple of aesthetic points and just things features I would like to have. So one, there should be just kind of this fabulousness to it, even though it's a faded glory. I want people to kind of have the idea of like the silent film era of the 1920s is really like the look or the polish that I want. I want a statue in the front garden of the hitchhiking ghost from the haunted mansion but I want them unpacking like they have arrived finally at whatever their destination was supposed to be. And for VIP guests, I want the hearse to actually take you to that statue and drop you off in that spot as if you're taking like a, a legitimate version of, of the Doom Buggy. The whole place has kind of like a frightful cheerfulness to it that I've already kind of described and nothing is too scary. Even when the haunts get really out of control, I want it to be manageable for a child that likes this kind of a thing. But you're going to choose when you check in on a one, two, or a three rating, the level of haunt that you are comfortable with because your room will have interactive elements. So you can either choose one hitchhiking ghost, two hitchhiking ghosts, or all three if you go all the way up to Hatbox and you want the full haunt. These might include things like strange calls at odd hours. This might include things like your television changing the channel to a particular broadcast based on the ghost that has been assigned to your room like one that constantly changes the channel to Hello Dolly uh, with Barbara oh Streisand just because that's what it wants to watch and you don't get to choose. Things like the lights flicker, you know, things like that. Obviously, there are boundaries. Nothing's going to happen to you in the bathroom. Nothing's going to happen to you when you want to go to sleep. So you'll be able to turn the haunts off at any time. And I think like a good ground rule is that all haunts stop at, I don't know, midnight or one in the morning. So as soon as you hear the big grandfather clock in the hallway that every floor seems to have chime, you know that the haunts are finally over for the evening. There are other little story elements I think would be fun to play with, like they keep making vague allusions to the graveyard that they had to move to build the hotel in the first place. And I think the story underneath is kind of this poltergeist thing where they they only moved the headstones and didn't move the bodies. So I want this, well, this is down in, in Disney Hollow, just a graveyard of like headstones that were moved and lots of like actors that allude to the fact that like, yeah, they just left these headstones here. They didn't dig up anything though. So all the ghosts are still obviously up at the hotel. Now let me talk a little bit about Disney Hollow, which is kind of like a Hogsmeade-like attachment to this hotel. This is just a, a couple of shops. So my hotel exists up on the hill. You got to have the house on the hill. And this is the shop. These are the shops that are actually in the hollow of that hill, hence Disney Hollow. And I thought they should be a couple of things that Disney would never have otherwise. So I would like an antique shop. So a Disney antique shop, obviously, because this is a horror movie after all. I would like a wax museum in addition. I would also accept like what would be referred to as like a dime museum. A dime museum would be like, it's kind of like the oldest form of carnival attraction where you, you pay to see something kind of gruesome. I think would be fun there. A bookstore. Disney would never have a bookstore. Come on, books. They closed um, their last one in studios. Yeah, like legit, just, you know, and it can be kind of a creepy bookstore as well. I would love to see like an old-timey movie theater, like dedicatedly only shows older movies, not like the new movies that you can go see in like the Disney Springs movie theater. I mean, exclusively an old movie theater that only shows like horror movies of like yesteryear and like horror shorts and like those kinds of cartoons and things like that. I would also like the Sanderson sisters house if possible, but I want, yes. I want to stray away from making this a place that is stuck in Halloween. I want you to be able to go there any time of year and say, wow, this place is haunted. 
not that it is decorated for Halloween. Hence, I don't want any Nightmare Before Christmas characters. I don't want jack-o'-lanterns if it's the not the right time of year. The point is that these ghosts should be able to operate year-round. And then just a couple of other little fun things. I would love the hotel to have 13 floors, obviously. I would love a big grand ballroom that you can do these big masquerade-type balls and have events for the guests because I think that would be fun. I would like at least two built-in restaurants, either built into the hotel itself or maybe down in the hollow. One would be Caligari's, named after the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, a very old horror movie. Some would say the first real horror movie. And that could be like kind of ritzy, spooky fair, and you can kind of put that in the main hotel if you want. The other one I would like to see is, I've always really liked Dr. Facilier from Princess and the Frog, and I enjoy his like sort of voodoo madness, and I thought he would have a really cool bar or something like that where his friends from the other side might try to serve you something that could be down in the hollow as well. I also don't know how to make this for children, but I'm gonna mention it anyway. I would love for you to be able to attend some kind of a seance at the hotel, either in a private room or at a VIP or something like that, where you contact some kind of friendly ghost from the other side. Also, another comment on the hotel's architecture. I would love some of the things that we see in the Haunted Mansion, but in this hotel's aesthetic, I would love to see. Just for kids to be able to run around and find doors or hallways that lead to nowhere or double back on themselves. I'd love to see clocks that make apparently no sense. I would love you to be able to walk by antique payphones and have the phone ring and to have someone either heavy breathing on the phone or to tell you some vitally important piece of information. And the game that runs underneath this is, as Amanda pointed out, part of the fun on the Haunted Mansion's line is to find all the stuff to spot. And in Westworld, one of all of our collective favorite shows, there's a great line by Anthony Hopkins that says, the guests don't come back for the things that are obvious. The guests come back for the things that they believe that no one else has noticed. So you want this hotel to be populated with all kinds of things like that. And I want a number of ghosts that kids or guests can actually go around and find evidence of and say, oh, well, this is such and such a ghost. And they can have kind of a guidebook that says, I think I found all the ghosts that live at this hotel or the evidence of them. That's cool. I love it. Even like uh, like how they have the hidden Mickey guidebooks throughout the park. Like yes, this would be exactly. a different kind of hidden Mickey game. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the pitch. And people love- That's cool. People love like live, essentially gaming, right? Because you're essentially, there's a game to it. And with Disney designing this Star Wars hotel that in and of itself is an experience, I think we will see more stuff like this in the future. And I think a haunted hotel, and you know what? It's the right way to do it. Like it's a classy haunt. It's something that is, it's old and it's got, it's got that kind of like haunted mansion feel to it, but it, it's, a, it's a hotel, but it's not too scary, but it's a little spooky in that really fun Disney way. On a scale of one to 10, how dusty would you say it is? I think it's a five. Okay. Um, because after uh, above five, it becomes like decrepit and you're like, I don't want to actually stay here. But approaching five, you're like, oh, it's decoration. You know? Yeah. Like I think out of five is definitely the staff is trying to keep it clean, but the ghosts are like, no, let's just scatter more dust around just to... Just to keep it where it is. (laughs) It would be totally on brand for Disney to like design their own dust that they could put on things to, and it would smell a certain way would like smell like candy. Oh yeah. So my question for you is I, I totally get the idea that you don't want it stuck in Halloween. And I think that's really a really good way to, to go about it because this type of stuff shouldn't just be for Halloween. I think that sometimes we associate these type of attractions just with Halloween, but would you do anything for it? 
around Halloween and how would you, do you have any ideas on like how to celebrate the holiday? That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about it a lot because I think in my design, I was like, I don't want this to become like the Halloween year round thing because then people won't do it. Halloween um, in July? You could bring, I mean, Gravity Falls is also a Disney property and it takes place throughout the summer in kind yeah. of a haunted town. So that's another thing that I feel like if you're looking for stuff that kids would be into too, that would be a thing for that. And stuff just happens in Gravity Falls and they have their kind of a curiosity shop. Yeah. yeah. It's run by Grunkle Stan, who's one of the best characters. So that's something too right. that their time is summertime, but they maintain that like kind of creepy, what's going on under here oh, in I the summer. Yeah. So if you don't want to do jack-o'-lanterns, you could always do the jack-o'-melons. Oh yes. We've talked about the jack-o'-melons. Yes, we, we should do that. That's great. Yeah. I hadn't given a lot of thought. I guess obviously there would have to be some kind of grand ball, uh, you know, in the, in the ballroom at the hotel that you're inviting everybody for a costume party. I just, I'm adamant that I, that Jack and Sally are not welcome here. I don't want them. I, listen, I love The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's maybe one of the best movies ever made, bar none, forget holiday. Just one of the best movies ever. But I think it is one of the things that makes the regular parks special. I, I'm trying to now think, what would a, a creep, what would a creepy town's version of Halloween look like, you know? I'm wondering to, to answer the questions as to why Nightmare Before Christmas isn't there. Could you even like have the holiday trees and maybe very clearly have the one to Halloween town like cut down because of reasons? <laughs> I love that. Sure. Why not? I, I feel like people would ask like, oh, when is Nightmare coming? Or like, when are you going to add that? And if there's just a very clear display from the beginning of there will be no Nightmare Before Christmas. And it's <laughs> right. like, no nightmare denied yeah no i i think that's that's great yeah I, I just don't i just don't think they're appropriate here because i think they help to halloween up everywhere else they wouldn't come here yeah like you know? this, this has its own thing this isn't just for halloween i think that's really cool and i think a lot of people would get would get on that because there's a lot of people who are into spooky stuff all year round all oh, yeah. year round the food court has to be fun oh it's gotta I'm be a, that's oh sure yes that's gotta be good yeah no the food court could be Unbelievable. Spooky treats. Spooky treats all day, all night. And uh, I want to mention, it's a lot, a lot of it, as you notice from my pitch, is kind of actor run. Because yeah. my favorite part of especially Hollywood studios is just what the actors do. I, I want more opportunities for actors to be like, no, I'm, I'm performing at this hotel. My role is as someone who's trying to sell it as a haunted hotel who knows that it's actually haunted. I no. love that. Yeah, I really, really cool. love that. I feel like also immersive theater and uh, shows and experiences like that are starting to become more popular. And aside from that, it's just a very thing that I don't think people think of as an art form, but it's a totally different art form. And to create a resort that is a whole immersive experience that makes you want to stay on property too, I think that's awesome. When you were even just like describing the job, I was like, that's where I would want to work. If I was like a Disney <laughs> oh, uh, college program or like looking into their actor program, I'm like, that sounds like it's really fun because it's like, you're not only concierge and working in hospitality, which I feel like is difficult in itself. And a lot of a lot of actors I know have kind of found themselves in that field anyway. So we do have that that training of working with guests and customers or people that are looking for an escape or if you're in a restaurant, just an hour of nothing where you're there to take it. I'm, I'm babbling with the service industry, but basically I know a lot of actors have a lot of experience in hospitality yeah. and to combine those two together, that's a, that's a cool job. I would definitely like that job. I think ultimately too, in the end, people are 
open to this type of experience. I think that there is a growing population of people who are interested in these engrossing, encompassing experiences that are about being immersive. I think the future of the theme park isn't about being more thrilling, isn't about being more over the top. I think in the end, experiences in general are going to lead themselves to being more immersive. And I think it starts with the movie theaters that are more experiential where you go and you get a you get a meal or you can like lay down in these lounge chairs and i think eventually it gets you to an to something where a disney style hotel is not just a hotel right it's part of the experience it's experiential and it's immersive and it gets you to feel like you've actually left the regular world and you're in this fantasy game real life role play situation yeah where it's not quite Westworld, but that's the thinking, right? Right. No, well, it, with it being experiential and with all of the hidden gems and stuff that, that are being put throughout, every single person's experience of it is entirely different. Yeah. You're going to have a different concierge depending on who, which teller you get called to when you go to check in. You're going to have a different person walk you to your room. You're going to be in a different hallway on a different floor with a different ghost and different scare levels with different storylines yes. that you're looking for. Oh, Every yes, single person's experience is different. So it's not like there's one, we're trying to give the guest this experience. It is so tailored to you and what you want. And you're not going to find everything that you want that first time. So it is what you said. It's going to make you keep coming back. And the person right next to you is going to come back for those same reasons, but also for 100% entirely different reasons. And that makes it so cool. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, and you, both, you both just offered something quite profound. And from both what you just said, Mike, and what you just said, Amanda, I just want to take something from each of you. Part of the design from this park came in from uh, what I think Disney's new philosophy is in terms of how it designs rides and attractions, which is that every part of the experience is the experience. There's no pre-experience. There's no post-experience. It's the whole thing. So I remember being a kid and being so disappointed when we had to go back to the hotel. Imagine a hotel where you're actually looking forward to going back to the hotel as much as you are to going into the parks. And the worst part of going to a hotel at any point is always check-in. I want check-in to be the best show that this hotel has. You would never want to miss check-in. You're on the line waiting to go to check-in like you're waiting to go and get on Rock and Roller Coaster because check-in is a great show where you meet the concierge and you try to sign this guest book that runs away from you and there's letters shifting positions behind them and you're basically attacked by a ghost it's the best part of the ride is check-in the thing you always hate to do at the hotel yeah he's right here yeah he's staring at me <laughs> what is it? and i want that Great, job get a sample for me i really want that job because i am one of those crazies that i actually really enjoyed working in the service industry i love that like if you bring a dessert over to a table that is upset they are somehow immediately happy and that doesn't happen 100 percent of the time but that happens a lot and bringing joy to people like that is something that i really like and then if you combine it with the performance aspects you are literally giving a one-on-one -on -one character performance to a family that wants to a family, one person, whoever, actually, because everybody, got, I've, friends go to Disney by themselves and have a, amazing trips, but you are giving a one-on-one -on -one experience, a one-on-one -on -one performance, and you know that after they've left you that they're going to go and have an amazing time and probably had an amazing time there. So it's not just putting on a show, which I also love, but to like an audience that you see as a, as a group and kind of you get one response from. It's, it's you are so involved in that individual experience. You got to make not only as a person yourself, 
but you got to perform as an actor as well. And that, that's really cool. I think that's, it's something that's enriching for the people who work there, for the people who are visiting. Like you said, it's no longer your average check-in and go to sleep style of hotel. This is that, that, the hotel in itself. And I know you said it's not an attraction, but the hotel in and of itself is an attraction. And that's really, I think, the future of these things. Why Universal which did an amazing job with Hogsmeade, which has done an amazing job with Diagon Alley. I mean, Diagon Alley Diagonally. is awesome. Why Universal didn't jump on this and create a Hogwarts hotel is beyond me. Sure I think will. that's, that's the, maybe they will, but because I think that's something you need to do. And with the Star Wars hotel starting where you're on like this galactic cruiser flying through space. So you're, you're in this hotel and you're on board the whole time and you don't leave because that's the experience. The experience is that you're in this hotel, on this ship and you're flying through space and that's how long it takes you to get to where you need to go. These type of experiential hotels, I think are the future of what Disney has to offer. And I think they can attract people. And I think something like what you're talking about is a absolute billion dollar idea. I think something like that, people would love it. And you know what? Since it's just one hotel, it doesn't need everyone to love it. At this point, entertainment needs to focus on the niches that it's going to get. And Disney is a place where there's so much to do that there, every niche can be explored. So you're going to have the weirdo, goth, ghosty people that love haunted stuff, always want to stay in that hotel, always want to pay more to stay in that hotel. They know that they're going to have an original experience and a different experience every time. And I think it's brilliant. Like, I'm kind of mad that I'm not there right now. Yeah. I I would like to be there. I think we need a train, a ghostly train that starts off at my hotel and takes you through to the Villains Park, which then takes you on through to San Francisco. I love it. I love it. I think this is great. And I think we have no technical prowess. We don't know how to build rides or design anything, but. I've played Roller Coaster Tycoon. Well, that's a start. We can start there. If Disney is looking for some, what we like to call ideas people, which are people who don't actually exist in the industry. If (laughs) Disney is looking for a real (laughs) ideas, some ideas people. They should really tap us for this. But we've been talking for a long time and I think it's time to start wrapping this this up. This was a really fun episode to talk about, especially with three people that love, love, love Disney World and Disney parks in general. We've only actually gone to a Disney park all together one time. And we've had actually- And I it think was that, Disneyland. It was Disneyland. And I think that was one of my favorite Disney park days ever. Mine too. I, I think Amanda and I almost burned everyone into the ground because we just, we go from rope drop to close. Because we're crazy. Yep. I did okay. Um, you did fine. You were great. That's you were great. Villains Park. You could go from rope drop to close to rope drop again and just com- just not stop. Yes. Oh my god. Precisely. This was Ooh. our take on what we would do with some new attractions on Disney well, World. Now, hold, hold on one second. Speaking of that, I didn't think of this and I thought of it earlier. If you're going to be up that late, someone needs to have a really big coffee shop in the Villains Park. And I haven't figured out who would be the villain that would have a coffee shop. So next time, if there's, I feel like we could talk about this topic again, but that's what, that's what needs to be figured out. Is there a super caffeinated villain that we're not thinking of? I, I was trying to think of that today and that's I was like, That's definitely am I a missing? personality type. I think there must be someone out there. Because if the park's going to be open that late, it needs it needs a killer coffee shop i agree that's all i got so that being said that was our take on how we would create some new attractions for disney world we had some really great ideas here and i think this is a topic we should revisit every so often because they've got so much land and they can do a whole lot 
And we have a whole lot of ideas on how to create some really great rides and really great parks and really great hotels or experiences for people to enjoy when they go to places like Disney World. Jordan, thank you so much for your pitch, man. It was great. And thank you both for your pitches as well. Well, you are very, very welcome. And we have to extend a very, very special thank you to our first guest chair, guest host. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us today. You had such lovely ideas and took such great notes and attacked this topic with such tenacity that you put us both to shame. SAT words. SAT words. Well, I'm not the English teacher here, but... (laughs) Oh, and also we, we have to offer some special thanks to our sponsors, Disney Parks uh, Food Blog, uh, <laughs> the Disney Corporation, who visited us twice this episode, and Will Shakespeare. Thank you, Will Shakespeare. Will Shakespeare. Thank with you, your, William With Shakespeare. your bedroom eyes. Doctor Strange has not made an appearance on this episode, but he will come back yeah. in the future. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. But no, thank you, Amanda. I really appreciate it. I think you had a really great pitch, and we would love to have you back if you would like to come back. Anytime. Just let me know when the Back to the Future episode is happening. At some oh, point. It's coming real happen. soon. Yeah. Because I am all over that. We already recorded that one. No! Well, <laughs> we've got to go back. <laughs> so for Amanda Mack and Jordan Hugh, my name is Mike Staub. Please be sure to follow us, subscribe, like, give us a review, write something, anything. Share this with your friends. Write us nasty comments. You might say those ideas were terrible. I hate them. That's okay with us as long as it starts a conversation and gets more people to listen to our show. Thank you so very, very much for listening to this episode of How About This? And we will see you real, real soon. That's it, folks. Thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of How About This? Please find us on Instagram at How About This Pod and be sure to like and subscribe and share this with your friends. Give us a rating on iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice. It helps us out when you write a review, especially if you get us one of those five star reviews, because that makes our visibility that much better and it helps people on the internet find what we're talking about. Also, if you like what we're talking about and you're enjoying this experience, please reach out to us and let us know if there are topics you would like us to tackle because we have a laundry list of ideas, but that doesn't mean we have all the ideas. We know you out there have some great ideas. So please, when we post on Facebook and Instagram, feel free to jump on and go, oh my gosh, I'd love to hear you talk about this. We have a lot of great things coming up and we can't wait to continue this with you and are excited for what we have coming in the future. And once again, it all starts with a very simple concept. How about this?